Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Kyle. And today we're catching up on Blu-ray for February 2019. Uh, yes, uh, for the folks out there who might not be familiar with this, uh, Catching Up on Blu-ray is a special monthly episode we do on the podcast uh, wherein we look up the upcoming video <laughs> releases, uh, home video releases for uh, films in the coming month. VHS, uh, Laserdisc, you know. Oh yeah, Betamax, all that shit. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we just look over the uh, the release calendar for the coming month and uh, just you know voice voice our thoughts uh, on what's to come. Uh, this is a good opportunity for me anyway to see what's what's on the calendar and maybe get an idea of what I might want to pick up because uh, I'm a big proponent of physical media. Uh, I own far too many movies, um, and for Kyle, I know there's a lot of like special editions and like criterion releases that this is a nice way for him to become aware of so it's like good way to get excited about something about a month down the road i'm actually going to be catching up on criterion tonight uh steph Steph is going out to dinner with her cohort her grad school cohort so i've got the house to myself so i get to watch old black and white movies that she would hate (laughs) (laughs) well that's nice that you you know her well enough to know what she would like and uh yeah you can take advantage of those moments where it's like you know what my lady would hate this i think i'm gonna watch it by myself side and note enjoy it side note it was my birthday last uh last week and um i, I didn't want to go out and do anything because i had a, something really important to do today so i'm just been been focused on that all week and i decided that for my birthday i wanted breakfast for dinner and i wanted Steph to watch a scary movie with me, and she hates watching scary movies, so I pulled out the birthday card, like, hey, it's my birthday, we gotta watch a scary movie, and I have to admit, uh, I watched uh, The Ritual, which is a Netflix horror movie, um, mm-hmm. I actually really liked it, it was actually pretty good. Really? Yeah. Uh, what, year, what year did that come out? This year, or the one that we just had, 2018? Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I know that one off the top of my head, but good for you bud uh, yeah right happy birthday by the way oh thank you thank you i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't pulling for happy birthdays i was just saying i found a, a netflix a netflix original that i actually liked well mm-hmm. interesting i might have to check that out while i still have a netflix account <laughs> <laughs> uh, i've got about a week left Whew. um so that being said uh let's get to the month of february it's yep. a short month so hopefully they managed to cram <laughs> some good releases in there uh First of the month is a uh, what is that? It's it's not a Tuesday. Tuesday for the folks at home who don't know is typically the like DVD slash Blu-ray release date uh, for films. Um, so a lot of these dates that you'll see for release dates fall on Tuesdays. Uh, if you go so the first, I say oh, if you go, go if you go into Best Buy and you are looking for a DVD or a Blu-ray and you're like, hey. I'm looking for this Blu-ray, and they're like, we're not going to get it till Tuesday. And you're like, fuck these people. They've got it. They just don't want to go in the back and get it. No, they <laughs> legit aren't going to get it till Tuesday, because that's when these things get released. Yeah, that's generally how it works. Um, occasionally, people will get things like a, a day or two ahead of time. But yeah, usually you got to look for Tuesday. Uh, so February 1st is not a Tuesday. And uh, usually non-Tuesday releases are... Garbage. non-traditional releases and yes as kyle had said garbage garbage um in this case we have a bunch of uh concert videos and stuff uh stuff that i'm not even gonna bother talking about so yep. we're gonna move on to honk February shoe th- 
February 3rd, which is, a, I think, another off-release date, in fact. I'm just going to check what the hell is going on with this calendar. Yeah, let me check. The, uh, the, the 5th is the first Tuesday of February. Yeah, so on the 3rd, we have a re-release of uh, How to Train Your Dragon 1 and 2 yeah, on fine. 4K. Yeah, you know, you can keep it. Saw the first one. It was fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, February 4th, we have an Arrow release of something called The Fifth Chord, which, based on that name, Luigi Bazzoni, I can uh, I can assume is an Italian noir of some sort. Mm-hmm. Kind of kind of cool cover art. I like the hand. But uh, obviously not a very high-profile release if it's coming out on a Monday. No. We do so, have some high-profile stuff coming up here. Um, so on February 5th, Tuesday, uh, I can go ahead and tell you, I'm going to skip the first one real quick just so I can talk about the second one. Uh, sure. Widows, is that Michelle Rodriguez on the cover of that? Uh, absolutely, it is. See, that's a hard pass for me because I don't, I try not to watch movies that have the original cast of Fast and the Furious in them. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kyle has a rule. It's, it's served him well in life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what's his face? Um... Buffalo Bill. I mean, he's in Fast and the Furious, but I don't. I don't count him because he's only in that first one. <laughs> well, but look at else. Look at the other people who are in this. Though I know. Got Liam Neeson, and my brother's in this film. Oh, yeah. Colin Farrell and Daniel Kaluuya. He's having a moment, and it's funny because those are all. Those are mostly. Those are dudes I just mentioned, but yeah. this is primarily a female-led cast. Yeah, it has a gigantic cast, and it's directed by Steve McQueen, uh, who. It's funny because when I was reading up on this film, like before it came out in theaters, the the best summary I saw about it um, referred to it as like a garbage script or a garbage movie uh, handed off to a very talented director. Hmm. And I kind of like that sometimes when like very very high class skillful people take on garbage. Like because you get like a, a different you get like a like a glossy bag of garbage (laughs) it's like Like, it still kind of sucks but it it's well made it's a pile of shit it's a good looking pile of shit but it's a pile of shit Um, uh it's a it's a pile of shit that you sprayed some febreze on and like shoot all the flies so it's like oh it's inoffensive like this it doesn't have a lingering stench to it it's only bad if you really look close at it i have a question about the girl so the one the first release that's on here is the girl in the spider's web and i believe this is a continuation of a uh, girl with the dragon tattoo if i'm not mistaken correct okay so <clears throat> is that is there a, a girl with the dragon tattoo and then an american remake of that movie if, is that I f- i'm confused about these movies okay so um i forget which scandinavian country uh the the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo originates from uh it's there is a film trilogy yeah. from its native country um and then yes there's the david finch fincher uh remake the american one so is it rooney mara or numi Rapace? no uh claire foy the in the original one no in uh it's a uh, nomi rapachi rapachi i always say numi uh, Rap- from Rap- from uh, prometheus, prometheus. And uh, that second uh, RDJ Sherlock Holmes. Yes, yes, I like her. I, I, yeah, no, she's a very talented actress. Um, but yeah, have you uh, heard anything about this movie? Because I haven't heard anything. Uh, the trailers for it looked um, very stupid. Yeah, uh, it looked like oh my god, long lost evil sister 
subplot or something. <laughs> like it looked like that was literally the plot that like somebody had a long lost lover or or evil sister or something that came comes back to wreak havoc. Mm. Yeah, I'm it fine. It seemed very comic booky, at least from the trailer. Uh, um, and as far as I know, it kind of flew in under the radar because that 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 David Fincher. I mean, it's a David Fincher movie. Yeah. Um, when that came out, that got a huge fanfare. Like, oh, I remember. Had, that was promoted to shit. It was it was a big deal. This one just kind of like came and went. Uh, the opening titles for for his uh his uh girl with the dragon tattoo. Man, that was spectacular stuff. Um, did you see it by the way? The girl with the dragon tattoo. Yeah, the American no, one. I didn't see it. Okay, well maybe look up the first couple minutes just mm. to see the the title sequence. I'll check it's it like, out. It's like. Uh, Bond by way of Marilyn Manson or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, moving on, uh, we have the Cloverfield Paradox getting a Blu-ray release that yeah. used to be a uh, Netflix. Netflix exclusive, um, but a lot of stuff on Netflix does find its way to physical media at some point. Um, I can't shouldn't. remember when. When is the Super Bowl played, Kyle? Uh, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Correct. So. Always in February? Yeah. You, uh, generally, yeah. Okay. It's February so, 2nd to 4th, 5th, right around there. First first so, weekend in February, typically. So that tells me that it took a whole year for this to find its way to physical media. I tried watching it. I got about 20 minutes into it, and I just I couldn't do it. It was awful. <laughs> I did like yeah. the, the, the 10 Cloverfield Lane. That movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah. No, that was a great time. Um, those those uh last 10 minutes or so i'm not mm. so sure about but the rest of it you know what shit. I, great performances you know what it's i think it's a hard thing to, it's hard to end a movie i actually i'm better than you uh, as of recently um <laughs> i watched moonlight have you seen moonlight i uh, know Ambi- i have not kind of an ambiguous ending kind of a, like a we don't get a a, a a clear ending of what happened really good movie um but i also watched three billboards outside ebbing was Ebbing, Missouri. Have you seen that? No, but I, I mean, you you have a thing for that director. So oh, I'm yeah. Surprised it took you this long. I, you know what? I was just never in the mood for it, but it is outstanding, and we're left with an ambiguous ending. And I'm, I was fine with both of those, but I appreciated what they did with Ten Cloverfield Lane because it was it was a great movie, and then the ending just went bonkers. I'm like, fuck it, <laughs> why not? I'm not going to spoil well, it for anybody if you haven't seen it. Yeah, uh, we're not going to spoil it here, but yeah, the the lead up to the ending is is fantastic. Yeah, and then the, and then the ending kind of happens, and you're t- like, for me anyway, I was just like, huh? <laughs> well, did, did you want it to be the ending of I Am Legend? Like, I didn't want that. I didn't want it to, you know. Well, hang oh, on. Which en- which ending? The 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 mega happy mega happy ending. Yeah. Okay. Damn, we didn't even try to get that in that episode. It just happened. That's that's called organic humor. It might Wayne's World may, might be the perfect comedy. It might be the perfect <laughs> comedy movie. I mean, I kind of feel that to be the case. Um, it really, it really does have a quote or a reference for any situation. any any situation. I feel like. <laughs> but yeah, we got it in early this time, uh, which means it'll probably happen like three more times. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Um. But moving on, we have Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. I can suck it. I'm not going to watch it. I couldn't care I, less. 
I haven't really seen any of those uh, animated Dr. Seuss movies, but yeah. this one, like, I'm surprised and I'm not that it it got made because I know that that Jim Carrey uh, Grinch movie, which I saw maybe half of, like I think a substitute teacher put it on in school at some <laughs> point. Um, I know that has a like a place in uh, many people's hearts. Like, I still people, get I still get chuckles out of it. Yeah, there's like people, particularly of a certain age range, that it, like it's a important movie, like it resonates with them. But for me, I think by the time I got to it, I was probably too old and just didn't give a shit. Yeah, it, there's you have to pretty much do two things when you're watching it: turn off your brain and be a fan of Jim Carrey. Like you have to be able to go back and watch Jim Carrey movies where he's a goofball. I can still mm-hmm. do that. Like I, I still, I'll still go back and watch some of those goofball Jim Carrey movies. Um, I still find them funny, depending on how much pot is smoked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I actually we watched the, rewatched that Grinch this year around Christmas, and it's long and it's not great, but he still, I still had some legit laughs in there because of him. No, I, I, I get it. I mean, his performance in it is extraordinary in some ways like to be able to get much that much of yourself through that many layers of makeup is very impressive he made um, enough money to buy an island i'm pretty sure off that movie like it might oh, have been the most it. money might it might one of like one of the highest salaries that an actor was paid for a movie i'm pretty sure i mean batman forever was before that and, and that was and the highest that, yeah that was like astronomical yeah but that's my theory as to... I mean, they've been making a lot of these Doctor Seuss adaptations, but that's my theory as to why they were brazen enough to, to remake it so soon after It's Christmas. After make a, one. you got to have a Christmas movie at Christmas, and there's no Star Wars. I mean, that I think that might have been a huge thing, was that there was no Star Wars movie. Uh, good point. Very good out. point. And uh, Harry Potter... I mean, that, that the newest Harry Potter movie, or J.K. Rowling uh, movie, uh, tanked. Like, I, I don't think it did very well, um, yeah, at what, least in America. We had, like... We had like Aquaman or something. This, this yeah, Christmas. so Steph, yeah, Steph and I have been going to Star Wars movies around Christmas. It's it's fun. Um, and this year I was like, well, we'll go to that Grimm's that the Grimm's thing. But I heard nothing but shitty reviews. So I'm like, well, fuck it, let's not do it. <laughs> oh well. But yeah, I I hadn't thought of that. There there was a bit of a, a power vacuum this December. Mm-hmm. Um, the sisters brothers, uh, John C. Riley and. Who am I looking at there? That looks that like Joaquin. Joaquin Phoenix? It looks like Joaquin. That is Joaquin. That's Joaquin Phoenix. I've got Jake. I've got Inherent Vice. I've got HBO for a little bit right now. I've got Inherent Vice in the queue. I I need to rewatch it because I just couldn't get into it the first time, and I've heard from several people that it's pretty decent. Um, and I also want to watch that. Uh, not you were never really here, but the uh, the one with the hammer on Amazon. Oh, I, th- I think that's it. Or, or, I'm still here. Is the is where he's JP. He's doing the uh, yeah, Casey that's, Affleck that's, thing. You were never really here. Is the other one okay? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, dang, this cast is uh, catching my interest. Joaquin Phoenix, John C. Riley, Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Sign me up. Uh, apparently, a period piece. Mm. I know nothing about it, but. Uh, that cast catches my eye for yeah, sure. It's got some Z's. Then we've got some uh, some shit here. Uh, <laughs> some Hund, shit indeed. Der Hund von Baskerville. It looks like a German translation of Sherlock Holmes from 1929. Uh, uh, so wow. if you put that on your shelf, you're automatically a few points better than me. Yep. Yep. 
Yep. All right. Well, you and have Dick Tracy. company. <laughs> you have Dick <laughs> Tracy on Blu-ray, so you're better than me. Um, uh, in Good Company, yeah, with Topher Grace, I'm fine. Why does that yeah. need to be? Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that, period, but nobody needs it on Blu-ray. Well, it makes me curious, like, one of these three people, Scar- Scarlett Johansson, Topher Grace, Dennis Quaid, do- does any one of these people have something big in the pipe right now? Because... Two of these I can't think of a reason why you would re-release this now. Well, 2004, two of these were two of these people were on their way out. Well, one of one of these people are on their way out. One of them's in like the nucleus of it, like right in the core, and then the mm-hmm. other one is about to blow the fuck up. Yeah, um, you can narrow it down pretty quickly. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe. I, I if I had to guess, it would be Topher Grace. <laughs> it was like, I need uh, <laughs> I need you to put in good company out. I'm trying to get more serious roles. Well, um, maybe uh, maybe that Star Wars recut that he's supposedly been working on for like decades now is finally going to get like released underground or something. <laughs> I'm not going to watch it just because his yes. name's on it. Yeah, supposedly, like, a pet project of his is, like, recutting the, the prequel films or something. It sounds like Will Ferrell and the uh, the other guys. Like, I've actually been... Uh, I do some editing on the weekends. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cut about four minutes out of Goodfellas. <laughs> I mean, that, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, I've, I've heard about this. It's apparently a thing. But, um, a private war, Rosamund Pike with an eye patch. It doesn't... Um, I don't know. That's about that. all I have to say about it. Yeah. Um, I like that they put the the Rotten Tomatoes symbol on the cover of these these smaller releases <laughs> in in the hopes that it'll get it'll get some some person's please, attention please 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 I swear you'll like it you'll like it, it. <laughs> you'll like it trust me 90% of people liked it Ugh. uh Stanley Tucci though <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, is that Tucci yep. Magooch no no I, I thought that was fake Tom Hardy for a second what's the heart and souls who is that wait let me guess I can't I can't tell who it is from the front cover I'm it looks like Martin Sheen let's pull it up heart and souls 1993 Robert Downey Jr. that's President Char- Kennedy you idiot <laughs> and Charles Grodin yeah I'm fine Charles Riley has the spirits of four departed souls running around in his consciousness. Each of the four needs Thomas to complete some unfinished business for them on Earth. Coke money. Um, Charles Grodin's only movie that I can stand is uh, Clifford with uh, Martin Short. Oh, Martin Short's just, he's a joy. Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, uh, I, I like Martin Short. He makes me happy. Yeah. Um... Charlie spelt incorrectly. I don't know. What that's all about. <laughs> I don't know, but that that cover looks I like a Hardy Boys could book or something. Not care less about that movie. Um, based off the cover. Higher uh, learning, another re-release. Shame. shame. Criterion. Yeah, I've never something. Something you know? Nope, I am not aware of that. Shame from 1968. Ingmar Bergman's Shame mm. from 1968. Uh, former musicians Jan Rosenberg and his wife Ava have left the city to avoid a civil war and now live on a rural island where they tend to farm. While the situation seems idyllic, the couple's mm-hmm. isolation begins to wear on their relationship and eventually the armed conflict that they've tried to flee arrives on the quiet island in the form of soldiers. Try as they might, Jan and Ava ultimately can't evade either the war or their own marital problems. Sounds like a delight. Oh my gosh. I'd rather watch <laughs> Angela's I'd rather watch Angela's Ashes and then the English Patient than to watch that. 
Yeah, that sounds pretty heavy. Mm. Um, it is a Criterion release, though, so... There's got to be something make, good about it. Yeah. But then again, Michael Bay has two movies that have Criterion releases. One of them is good. <laughs> I, uh, which which ones? The Rock and Armageddon. Mmm. Uh, I'm assuming you're saying yeah, The Rock exactly, is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't, Didn't exactly say it, yeah. take any thought process to, to figure that out, but... The one that has Nick Cage with. and Sam Harris, uh, not Sam Harris, uh, <laughs> Ed Harris. Oh yeah, no, like the, the, the cast in that film is actually like kind of remarkable. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you ask me, William Forsythe deserves an Oscar at some point. But <laughs> well, he he's been on the Rob Zombie. He jumped on the Rob Zombie train. I think that might have passed him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He also like, I don't know. He. He got kind of bloated. <laughs> I, he was really good. He he had a very minor role on Boardwalk Empire, but he was really good. Um, he always that. is. Like, eh, I, did you see I mean, Deuce Bigelow? Actually, you know what? He was the funnier one. In, Dude, he was Deuce the Bigelow, funny one in he Deuce was Bigelow. Funny. Yeah, he was um, funny. You're, you're right. But like like Halloween, uh, the Rob Zombie one, he was a he was a little piece of shit. Well, he yeah. I couldn't stand him in uh, The Devil's Rejects. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He was I just, was kind of disappointed with that. He was too much of a dick. I'm like, okay, man, you you got to stop being a dick. Your brother's dead, I get that, but you're just, you're going too much. Yeah, it was a bit much. Um, I keep forgetting. Have you seen um, Out for Justice? That sounds yeah, like Steven Seagal. It is. No, I have not. Steven Seagal is out for justice. <laughs> I saw the. <laughs> That's how I should have phrased it. What's the first one? Uh, Above the Law. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen Above the Law, and Mark. But you for haven't. Death. You haven't seen Out for Justice. I have not. I uh, want to do a catching up on Seagal month. Um, we we I, really ought to, and I might have to put that one down because it might be one of my very favorites. But I say that we do no movies um, within a year of his, uh, at least a year. Within his allegations of his sex dungeon or his uh, like sexual harassment claims, um, so nothing like after his that. First, his first five movies. Or yeah. Something. Well, no, no, no. Like I don't think it, <laughs> this stuff didn't like serve us until the two like two thousands, like the the late two thousands. So. Okay. So prior to that, or yeah. Something. Yeah. Okay. Well, Out for Justice is probably going to end up on that list because I think okay. I do think it's one of my favorites of his his early era. And uh, William Forsythe is the uh, the villain in it. Mm. Yeah, he plays a, a crazy uh, cokehead that mm. runs around the neighborhood shooting people. And yeah, he's got a gap in his teeth. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on, we have uh, Queens of Scream. Uh, this is a compilation, like collector's box or something. Oh, <laughs> collector's box. This is probably a budget box. Yeah. Um, I know what you did last summer. Vacancy and when a stranger calls. Uh, I'm fine. I think I've I think I've only seen the first one. Um, they all sound like slashers. Not big. Another uh, Arrow release, The Possessed. Kind of dig this cover. Mm-hmm. It's gorgeous. Um, from 1965. Uh, cool. Donnie Brasco. Yeah. Right. I had this movie on my mind the other day because I haven't seen it, but oh I, really? I, I kept me- I kept meaning to ask you or my brother, like, is that any good? Because I remember it getting hyped a lot. Well, let me put it to you this way: Pacino's not screaming, Johnny Depp is sufferable, and it has Michael Madsen. Oh, to take that! Out, take that! <laughs> yeah, Ooh, that, mean, that is a that is a math problem. Michael <laughs> Madsen is like the dent on a can. Just like you're like really like it's. 
the the food inside is probably still good, but man, it's really not looking like it's going to be good. Uh, yeah, I like when I see like uh, direct-to-video movies with him like advertised as as a potential selling point. Mm-hmm. I'm like, really? Really? <laughs> like that's no. the best we've got? <laughs> Michael Madsen. Yeah, Michael Madsen, Tom Sizemore, Light. Can you just like, at least give me the genuine article? I'll give me the full sugar. Well, at least with with um, with uh, you just maybe Tom Sizemore. At least with Tom Sizemore, I know whether or not he's a good guy or a bad guy. Michael <laughs> Madsen literally can never like he's always ambiguous, and I think he's always in Tarantino movies just because of that. Like he's just always ambiguous. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what's this guy's deal? What's his like, deal? He, seem, he seems like he's being friendly, but he's also a little bit terrifying. <laughs> I feel like he's the dude who thinks he has the biggest dick in the room, but it's actually, like, the th- second to smallest. Like, he mm-hmm. just, yeah, like, if, if you were to whip him out and measure him, it'd be very disappointing on his end. <laughs> he's like, yeah, I know, it's, it's kind of disappointing. <laughs> it's kind of cold in here. Yeah, it's kind of cool. There was shrinkage. There was shrinkage. That's, that's, <laughs> I do like that's him. Why I talk like this. I'll give him Kill Bill. The Kill Bill movies he was good in. I and I liked his death. So yeah, no, I, I mean, yeah, I'll give him that. I'll give him that. Sure. Yeah. Um, poetic <laughs> justice. Man, this is this is. I mean, this is not a good release month. Yeah. I know January and February tend to be not so great because I think you pointed out last month uh, Christmas burnout and stuff. Yeah, there's like probably people, not much to People's go. wallets are empty, and so it's it's not wise to throw a whole bunch of high-profile releases at them because they'll probably not buy them right away. People aren't buying shit. They spent all their money. They're like, we got to make money. February is a making money month. I gotta get, yeah. I got to get new clients. I got I to gotta figure some shit out this month. <laughs> But yeah, to ton, tons of re-releases. Like yeah. Justice, Janet Jackson movie, and Tupac, apparently. Tupac. Uh, Tupac. Uh, um, and Shadowlands, Anthony Hopkins, and Deborah Winger. <laughs> nothing on here is popping out. To Zachariah, that's an interesting cover. I like the cover. That. It looks interesting. It reminds me of, like, the 70s Westworld. Yeah, uh, that, that's what Clo- I kind of Cloverfield 3-pack. Uh, I mean, why not if you're going to put out the new one? Um, yeah. That's what you do. You put them all together in one box. Yeah. Aircraft carrier, that is a hideous cover. It looks like it's from the 80s. It's 2016. That is ri- that is ridiculous. I think this might be like a documentary, I hope. Aircraft carrier, Guardian of the Seas on 4K. I need to know, what is this? The mission to protect and defend the world's oceans has become far more complex and challenging in recent years. The naval aviation has become increasingly vital to success. One of the greatest engineering feats in history, the modern U.S. nuclear carrier, is a masterpiece of technology and the flagship of the fleet. With RIMPAC, the world's largest and most comprehensive international maritime training exercise providing a stunning visual context for the story, find yourself aboard the carrier alongside the 5,000 highly skilled sea and air personnel conducting flight operations in the midst of the simulated war exercises taking place there. Okay, this, so this is a is documentary. Just, yeah, it looks like they just took footage during the war games and uh, made a movie out of it. So it's it's a it's an advertisement. Hopefully, um, I think that was actually the premise of a 
the, <laughs> the Battleship movie also. Was, I was actually it, it, it took place during Rim Packet. I was on uh, I was on my when I was on my carrier when I first got there. They had um, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Megan Fox, and that Tad Hamilton guy. Oh, and Tyrese. Is that the right one? <laughs> they were there. They were yeah. there filming. They filmed that on my ship. I remember they the were the Transformer on, guys. I remember Tad was in a he was in a uniform in in the hangar bay. I'm like, who's that dude? And I'm like. Oh, that's that dude from uh, Transform, like the uh, from the Tad Hamilton movie. I'm like, why is he in a uniform? And someone's like, oh, the the remember the Transformers people are here. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, why the fuck was he in a uniform? Um, Walter Moth is this a Koch uh, Walter yeah. Mothal directed film or is he just in it? Uh, it says a Jack Lemmon film oh. with Walter Mothal, so Yeesh. maybe the two of them collaborated. Uh, again, <laughs> yeah, direct directed by Jack Lemmon for the billionth time. That's cool though. Yeah, I didn't know Jack Lemmon directed, so I don't think he did much. <laughs> like he probably wasn't very good. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh my god! This the rest of this More, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um. I do need to. Black Forty Seven. Okay, so when I saw Hugo weaving here, mm-hmm. looking all haggard and stuff, I thought that was Sting for a second. <laughs> it does look like Sting. I'll give you that. It does. Um, so I need to pause things just for a second and nerd out for a minute. Um, Mobile Suit Gundam, Thunderbolt, Bandit Flower. Um, so I have this is the uh, the second chunk of this story. Um, I have the the first blu-ray on my shelf behind me um if if i could get you to like understand like the lore and the canon of gundam if i could like get you find you an entry point i guess i would ask you to watch this because holy shit the the animation and the the intensity of of the first episode of this of gundam thunderbolt very impressive very impressive and it takes place in the in the canon at like my favorite at my favorite part of the timeline it's like this this long linear timeline and this takes place in the early portions of it uh, before it got turned into total bullshit <laughs> so this is something I'm very excited about and I I will be buying day one because I've been waiting for this for a long time because the uh, Japanese Blu-ray release for this was actually quite a while ago um, however, Japanese Blu-rays uh, either A, do not come with English subtitles, or B, cost $80 for Jesus. no fucking reason. Uh, and in this case, uh, it actually did have subtitles, but it cost $80. And I'm not paying $80 fucking dollars for like a 45-minute animation. Well, absolutely not. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then it has to come through Chinese Customs because of where I buy it from and that takes like three weeks anyway so like my fear was always that I would like bite the bullet and pay that up that money up front and then like the American release date would be announced by the time I get it <laughs> like motherfucker <laughs> okay that's wise you got served and stomped the yard on the same in the same box if you're gonna sure. waste money why not waste it at one time <laughs> exactly. Jesus. You suckers got served. You got served. They bought it. <laughs> when you was stomping the yard. <laughs> you might be the killer. 2018. That looks like a late 70s, early 80s uh, slasher horror. Um, this this uh, throwback aesthetic, man. It's, it's, it's 
thank you, Stranger Things, for making this shit spread across the planet and never go away. <laughs> yeah, right. Because yeah, I'm positive this came out last year, but I mean the way the the way the posters made up, uh, they're definitely trying to let you know that it's like we've seen Friday the Thirteenth. It looks stupid. Just the description. You don't have to read it out loud. If you just glance through, you're like, yep, dumb. Yeah, yeah it just looks like a low budget slasher film. Um, I, I'll have to read up on it actually because it, it might be one of those secret good ones. <laughs> if it, that ha- that happens with slasher movies, is that like there's so many of them released from year to year that occasionally like a really good one comes out and it just flies in under the radar. I'm not buying it. Hostel uh, Part One and Two. I don't hate the. I don't really like the. Your brother and I talked about this. We're like we don't really like the torture, the the torture um, horror movies. Hostel One was pretty good. I'll 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 admit it. I I enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Um, I liked it too, except uh, kind of similar to Ten Cloverfield Lane. The last like fifteen twenty minutes of it, it just goes bonkers. Um, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. It's it's an Eli Roth movie through and through. Yeah, um, he he has a strange sense of humor. I wouldn't even call it twisted. It's just weird. What do you think Eli Roth's best movie is? Huh. Um, that's a tough one. Maybe honestly, Cabin Fever. I I liked Hostel better than Cabin Fever. Um, because t- Cabin Fever is just. I mean, when he shows up in there, like it, it like it hits a hard nineties. Like, it's a, uh, th- this was oh, he, something I forgot to bring up. Oh, he directed that House with the Clock in the Wall. I really liked that. I really really liked that movie. Um, I was shocked that I liked it. <laughs> Um, I did like Cabin Fever. Um, it felt the most cohesive, I guess, of his movies. Mm-hmm. Where a big thing that I've noticed is, like I said, his sense of humor is very strange. Where he he likes to inject humor in situations where it's probably not all that appropriate, but it it probably makes him laugh. <laughs> did he did he do the last exorcism? Uh, I think he just produced. Okay, it. I was gonna say, I'm like that was actually pretty decent as far as yeah. those possession movies went. Um, uh, you, you you folks at home can't see it, but I just pulled up a list yeah. of projects that he's been involved in, and the majority of these are just produced. I um, think that Hostel probably is his my favorite of his movies. I have a soft spot for Green Inferno. It, I there there were some pretty cool makeup effects, like what they did with the movie. Um, mm-hmm. It could have been better, absolutely. Um, but I definitely had some cringeworthy moments. But I actually I think House with the Clocks in the Walls is his best movie. Now that I look at wow. it, wow, yeah, I mean it's it's probably his highest budgeted film. Um, I I really and, enjoyed it. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen it obviously, but uh, I saw a behind the scenes featurette where they had a mechanical Jack Black. It was like a baby with his like yeah. sized head. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, that's charming as all hell. <laughs> if you need a good date night movie, that's a good date night movie. Okay, and I'm re I'm re falling in love with Jack Black. Uh, I loved He's him on when a roll lately. He seriously like I really liked him when I was younger, and then School of Rock came out, and I just it plummeted. And then I think once Tropic Thunder came out, I think that's what put him back up. Hmm. Um, if you haven't seen Knock Knock, um, do you plan on seeing? No. Nope. Me... Okay. Well, there's there's like one scene that I need you to see. Okay. <laughs> it's Keanu Reeves strapped to a chair yelling at two very young ladies. 
and it's like five minutes of him just screaming at these women, <laughs> and it is amazing. Do you know Eli? I don't think Eli Roth's with his girl, that Brazilian girl, anymore. Oh, what? I know. Oh, I think she's a Chilean. Chilean. I'm I, sorry, Chilean. And I'm pretty sure that he used her to uh, to like get tax breaks by <laughs> filming in Chile. <laughs> I'm almost positive because a lot of his movies were like filmed there, like yeah. Green Inferno, for instance. She was fine. I don't know what he's thinking. Well, she's one of the young ladies that I mentioned. Karen yeah. Reeves was yelling at, and yes, she was quite fine. She was like, like South American Vicky Valancourt, <laughs> without the without the like sleaziness. Wait till we get to. V- I have some Vicky Valancourt on the next movie we're going to talk about. I'm very excited. I'm, I'm sorry to whatever that actress's name is, but forevermore uh, she will be Vicky Valancourt. She'll be Vicky Valancourt, but she was she was. It was working for me in Bad Lieutenant. Sorry. When she pops up in there, I'm like, okay. Okay, Vicky. Yeah, she has a small role, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she, she's doing just fine. Doing just fine. <laughs> um, it, uh, uh, the Lego movie, uh, there's not much else going on here. Yeah, a couple other anime releases. Something called All the Devil's Men with, I believe that's William Fickner. Direct-to-video appears to be a shot in the UK. Looks stupid. Um, It's a direct-to-video movie with guns on the cover, and I don't know anything about it, so therefore it must be bad. Yeah. Um, uh, John McEnroe documentary. I'm fine. Uh, One billion orgasms. One man. One watch. One billion orgasms. (laughs) Um, Actually, this just reminded me of something. The Long Dumb Road... um, they're coming out with one of the Culkins, um, I think the one who played Fuller, if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, is that or, Kieran? Is, I think it's Kieran. So there's this band, this black metal band called Mayhem. I don't listen to black metal. I'm just fascinated by it because it is the worst sounding music. Sorry, listener, if you like black metal. It's terrible. <laughs> they wear god-awful makeup, and uh, there was this band called Mayhem, and they were very early on in this um, in this. Uh, style and they had a member of their band who was crazy violent and one of the dudes I believe kills himself and then he the other guy burns some churches and then he actually makes stew out of the one dude's brain fragments what the it's it, it's seriously look it up you can you can find it it's pretty well known amongst metalheads but they are making a movie about it and it's got oh one of the Culkins in it I'm really I'm really looking forward to it I think it's gonna be pretty cool I mean, that sounds like that sounds like fiction. No, it, this <laughs> legit happened. Crazy, Damn. crazy fucking Scandinavians. Side note: um, Macaulay Culkin has, uh, I mean, in my corner of the internet, which is a very small corner, I know <laughs> this. Um, <laughs> um, Macaulay Culkin has been very active recently. Um, he, had... he has a website called like Rabbit Ears, I think. I think and his. I, his tr- his money that his parents saved from his childhood movies that trust fund of mm-hmm. just like periodical payments I'm sure is not running crazy low but it's getting low enough that he probably needs to re up some money into that. <laughs> but yeah, he he I know he popped up on like the talk so- talk show circuit. Uh, he did a how uh, he did a Home Alone themed uh, commercial for the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Um, he popped up on. Uh, the, the guys from Wisconsin, the the Red Letter Media guys, you know, oh, okay. he popped up on their show. Uh, he popped up on the Angry Video Game Nerd show. Um, he's 
he's been doing like a promotional blitz over the past few months and i'm curious as to why the timing like why now uh, but yeah he has some sort of website called rabbit ears and it's supposed to be i guess kind of like the onion or something oh okay um i haven't looked into it but it was just really weird seeing this guy who's been so mysterious and hidden from the public eye for so long just re-emerge and be everywhere he's like one of the <laughs> olsen twins coming out of hiding yeah but like not only be everywhere but like be everywhere in the direction that i'm looking which mm. is like i said kind of an obscure corner yeah of the <laughs> Man, there's nothing going on what's our next release date here well, that, i mean that that was just one week so there February, we go february 11th this cover is interesting yeah right she, she was so pretty mm. and she was so pretty colon be good for goodness sake no nope, that's a slasher movie that's bad i mean it looks bad that's just i don't know this movie i don't think anybody does trevor <laughs> but i i got to know okay so now we're getting to the meat of it uh february 12th popcorn yeah what is that it looks like uh like reanimate like a from beyond cover uh, yeah actually very much so it does look like from beyond um a group of film students plan an all-night horror film festival in order to raise fun- funds <laughs> for their cinematic club they decide to show a number of fictional horror films from the 1950s that rely on gimmicks such as 3d um, from 1991, uh, looks like a, uh, a horror film for fans of horror. Uh, this could be fun. I'll have to look it up. Okay. I'm not, but um, you, go, you go for that. I, I mean, I'm not going to buy it or anything. I, I don't blind buy things unless I'm, like, really sure that it's going to be good. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, good cover. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, I saw this in the theater. How was that? It's pretty good. Um, it's a little bit sugar-coated, I think. Okay. Um, they do not get into, like, the nitty-gritty of... Like, the, the low points, I guess, in the character's journey are not are not why you're watching the movie. No. It's more of a, a positive experience. Well, good, because Freddie Mercury was a... Po- like, he's always associated with positive, and mm-hmm. he, that, you should do a movie like that. Don't, don't talk about the, the negatives of Freddie Mercury's life. Yeah, it's it's a it's a solid movie. Um, I know interesting. I know that I dude's just say, adored because he did such a good job. Apparently, um, he really does. Uh, it's actually a pretty strong cast all around. Um, interesting note is that uh, John Ottman is a composer that uh, Brian Singer, who we're apparently we're not allowed to talk about anymore. Mm. Um, he works with him pretty consistently and fun fact john ottman is also a, a film editor and oftentimes he edits the films that he composes mm. and it really showed in the in the editing the construction of this film because there's a lot of i mean obviously there's a lot of music in the film yeah <laughs> and uh, and the, the flow of the editing really uh services the uh the the music uh real quick i want to ask you a question before we get to it um mm. horror express if you look down is that Grand Moff Tarkin? Tis. Okay. Anyway, we'll, we'll get there. Sorry. It was bothering me. Um, I tried watching uh, Valentine 2001. It sucks, probably. Um, Fright Night. I started to watch this one night around Halloween-ish, and I just couldn't get I couldn't get past the first 15 minutes. I know this is one Aww. that you like. I do like that one. I just couldn't get past it. Aww. Um, 
Audition, that's a Takashi Miike movie. I've been um, that's been on my list for a long time. It's just I don't know when I want to watch a Japanese girl torture a Japanese <laughs> businessman. Uh, I don't know what kind of mood I need to be in for that. Uh, that seems like it needs to be a rainy Saturday evening, kind of like when you'd want to watch Seven. That's about the time to watch Audition, I think. Okay. Um, yeah, Takashi Miike has his uh, influence is very widespread. Um, Eli Roth seems to adore him I could, to the extent that he actually put him in Hostel. I'm not like surprised as, as, as an extra. Like, um, Poison Ivy Collection. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't know there were four films in that series. Are there four? It looks like there's more. Trevor, is that four? Yeah, that is four. F- four films of seduction. That's not seduction. From 1992 to 2008. So that's the closest. Express. That's the closest you can get not put on a list. <laughs> to get that movie. Just to, to watch those movies. Uh, Horror Express. I only know this movie from a, uh, a online movie critic. Um, he did a review of this movie like a couple years ago, so I know it from that. It looks like a post Vincent Price, Vincent Price kind of movie. I want to say this was um, another Hammer film, but yeah, we have our uh, we have our horror icons here. We have our Christopher Lee and our Peter Cushing. It looks so. We have it looks cool. We have our Dracula and Van Helsing, and I think Christopher Lee played the Mummy at one point too. No, he played Frankenstein at one point. But yeah, and then uh, Who Loves You, Baby? <laughs> so he played uh, Van Kojak. Helsing, Dracula, and Frankenstein. Uh. Peter Cushing played Van Helsing and Dr. Frankenstein. Oh, okay. And Christopher Lee played Dracula and the Frankenstein's monster. Ooh, okay. In movies together. Um, but yeah, Telly Savalas is on here, too. Um, <laughs> Kojak. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this movie's apparently batshit crazy and is a little bit fractured. Like, the editing of it like doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, it looks like it's fun, but... It might be one of those uh, you're better off catching the highlight reel movies rather gotcha. than the whole thing. Kind of like the, kind of like the Nick Cage Wicker Man, if you ask me. Oh, okay. Or the or you know Tommy Wiseau's Room movie. Yeah, just the, watch the, the Room. Just get it, the you're better pieces. off just watching the highlights. Yeah, just get the highlights. Um, so moving on, we got four weddings and a funeral, a re-release. Starsky um, and Hutch, which is not good, but. Uh, Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell was doing something in the 2000s. If he wasn't starring in the movie, he would be in movies that were associated with his associates. Uh, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah. um, he's the funniest part of that whole movie. Just just watch the Will Ferrell clip from that movie and that's all you need, really. Actually, I'll Vince Vaughn to, is I'll pretty funny in there. I'll have to look that up then, because I actually haven't seen Starsky and Hutch. Vince Vaughn, I, I love Vince Vaughn as well. He's very funny in there, too. Um... <laughs> But it's you don't need to watch the whole thing. Gotcha. At Eternity's Gate, I know this is up for awards. It is, um, yes. Is that Willem Dafoe as Van Gogh? Yeah, um, this kind of interests me, but I, I gotta tell you, it'll be probably five years before I watch it. <laughs> yeah, it looked like that kind of movie, unfortunately. Yeah. I have heard very good things, though. Mm. Um, blue movie from 1971 looks like a proto-porno or something. It's looking like... Uh, stale pieces of shit moving along. I uh, thought that was like Matthew McConaughey after like traveling back in time or something. I think he's in some new movie. I think it's called The Beach Bum if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm kind of over my McConaughey. After True Detective and Dallas Buyers Club, uh, Interstellar was just a step down, and it hasn't been any good since then. So I'm I'm pretty much over McConaughey at this point. He also has something that just came out this week called Serenity. Probably sucks. Oh man, it's getting some nasty reviews. Like apparently it's this super high concept movie that just misses the mark, and you end up leaving the theater just being like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> I think McConaughey was trying to show people like, hey, I can be a serious actor too. You know, I can do it. And I'm like, yes, Matthew, you did it in Dallas Buyers Club. You played a <laughs> homophobic uh, AIDS patient and you grew a conscience in there. Conscience, yeah. I mean, supposedly he did some lasting damage to his body, you know, trying to squish himself down into that role. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe he, like, burnt out some brain cells or something. (laughs) But, um, moving on. Uh, Oh, it's funny. I see this cover, Night Flyers, and uh, I don't know what this says about me, but instantly my mind went to uh, The Night Flyer, uh, the Stephen King direct-to-video movie. Oh, I think I know exactly what movie you're talking about. You know the cover. I know the cover. Is it a dude in a... Is it like a goblin-looking dude in a rain jacket? And he's got, like, greasy yep. black hair. Yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember that. Is that is that fun at all, or...? I did actually go out of my way to watch it because of the cover. Like, I saw it, I would walk by that box at the grocery store all the time, and I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to watch this. And it's, uh, it's Miguel Ferrer, and I love him. Hmm. Like, he, he cannot miss. Like, he's great in everything. And he's just, yeah, he's chasing this vampire guy. He's flying all over the place. And um, it's definitely super low budget. Um, it's not terribly exciting, but if you like Miguel Ferrer, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, it's moving on down. Uh, we got man, a lot of like bor- borderline porno looking shit. Uh, uh, summer lovers. Yep. Daryl Hannah. Eighties Daryl Hannah. Eighties Daryl Hannah. Flesh pot on Forty Second Street. I mean, last month we had Deep Throat, so I guess like what is that? What we're doing now? We're just putting out Blu-rays of uh, porn or something. I guess I don't know. <laughs> um, the front runner. I heard this was. Uh, this was Hugh Jackman's, uh, like, what, fifth, sixth attempt at getting an Oscar nod? I'm going to send you a Graham Norton video. Um, I just I just reminded uh, McConaughey had a douchey comment on there to one of the other people. Uh, <laughs> he just said something about, like, he's like, what, you can't get laid or something? Like, he was calling off the dude or something. Like, oh, fuck off. But uh, there's a funny... Um, Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman seems like the nicest guy in the world. By he the way, does. Uh, he's have he's talking with um, uh, Magneto, um, <laughs> which which Sir, Sir, Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> okay, and, Sir um, Ian. They have such a funny exchange back and forth. I'm, I'm gonna have to send it to you. Um, uh, I'd like to see that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this movie. Apparently, the timing of it's kind of funny because it's it's about like political controversy. And about um, the press destroying a, a like a potential great politician, um, so it's the timing's a little funky. But apparently, he's very good in it, and it's a very good movie. Um, I might end up watching it, especially because I want <laughs> his haircut in it. Like the, the promotion for it, I'm like, what happened to your sideburns? It's like it, you look like you're you're just like wearing a raccoon on your head. Or I need to see that for two hours. <laughs> I thought I was playing Davy Crockett. 
Hugh Jackman as John Wayne in the John Wayne story. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hugh Jackman is John Wayne as uh, Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Jackman as John Wayne as Genghis Khan in <laughs> the, Conqueror. the Conqueror 2. More Conqueror. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, what else jumping out at you? Nothing. Um, None Shall Escape looks kind of cool from the cover art, but it's 1944, and it probably is going to put me to sleep. Yeah, there's a bit of a cutoff date sometimes when it comes to, like, like when you're dealing with movies that aren't, like, the cream of the crop of that time. Yeah. Like, sometimes watching crap from that era is just not bearable. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to watch, like, like you if you were to go back in, like, Thirty. If you're in thirty years from now, you're to go back and like, ooh, look at this traffic. And like, you have all these different, uh, like these big name actors were all in this one movie. It looks pretty good. And you watch, you're like, wow, that was really good. And then you see Crash, and you're like, oh, it's probably just like that. And then you watch Crash, <laughs> and you're like, fuck, that sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever end up watching Crash. Did you see Traffic? Uh, no. But oh, that one. That one I might oh, watch. That's a hard recommend. You should definitely watch that. Yeah. No, I've I've heard that's very good. Very very it ha- good. It has good people in it. it has Miguel Ferrer. Miguel Ferrer. Are you Ferrer. are you serious? Yeah, he's oh, in there. Fuck yeah! Sign me up. It's got Benicio. It's got Don Cheadle. It's got Luis Guzman, Catherine Zeta, Michael Douglas, Homegirl from Swim Fan. All kinds of fun stuff. You should have led with Catherine Zeta. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like. 12, 13-year-old Trevor would have watched pretty much anything. 12, 12-year-old or 13-year-old Trevor watched Entrapment. What's the not-Oscars? What's the other one? Um, uh, Golden Globes? Golden Globes. She was at the Golden Globes with Michael Douglas. Um, Kirk Douglas, by the way, is 102. Uh, Michael <sighs> Douglas is looking pretty good still. Catherine Zeta-Jones is still a bombshell. and She's, I think, probably pushing 50 at this point. Oh, I'm sure she's over 50. I guess. Yeah. But yeah, she she she's doing just fine. She's doing just fine. Um so we got some more we got some animated porn. Wonderful. Um, <laughs> <laughs> on, on Blu-ray. My on god. On Blu-ray. HD Japanese animated porn. Um okay, I got to pause for a sec just to nerd out. Um so we have a two-pack here, not a two-pack or a two No, it is a two-pack. Um this movie here. I don't give a shit about this one. Shinobi Girl. Fuck that. Uh, Death Trance. Uh, this movie's pretty fucking cool. Um, this is a Tak Matsumoto from... Uh, no. Tak Sakaguchi. Sorry. Um, from Versus. Oh, okay. Covered. Yeah. Um, this is him and the choreographer of Versus pairing up again in a movie that also stars Steven Seagal's son, uh, Kentaro Seagal. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, they really stepped up the quality of the action choreography in this movie. Um, and it's really cool because even though the director versus uh, Yuhei Kitamura, he's, I don't know, he's kind of faded a bit. Um, the director slash choreographer of this movie has kind of gone on to become like one of the premier talents in Japanese cinema. <laughs> and this was like his first solo project. Okay. Um, I might have you watch that at some point. Okay. Um, it's it's pretty stupid, but they make very good use of the resources that they have. And like I said, the action component of it is like... Bitchin' awesome. It's a good example of what can happen when a talented choreographer has just like 
instead of five dollars, he has like ten dollars, <laughs> like, and like one one more week to work on the project. <laughs> um, so the rest of that week of uh, February twelfth is mostly just uh, crap. I'd rather not go into. So let's move on to February nineteenth, the following week. This should and probably we, oh, be this the, is a what? Go ahead. This is a big week. I was yeah. gonna say this should be the biggest week. Uh, um, let's see here. Star is Born. It's a remake of an I think an Oscar award winning uh, movie, if I'm not mistaken, with Chris Christopherson. Um, uh, it's a remake of a remake, is, oh if I gosh. remember right. It's one of those. We're just scraping it's like, the. It's like Ben. It's like Ben Hur. We we make it every few. Years okay, so this is horseshit. You. Why do we get? To, why do they get to do that? Why do like this movie did really well, and then the remake did really well? So we're gonna remake it again. Like that. It's stupid. I'm sorry. I'm not <laughs> well, gonna watch I, it. I haven't seen any version of this movie. I've heard this is a, an excellent film with excellent performances. Um, I think the biggest reason why you can remake a story like this now and and have it be okay is uh, social media and the internet. Just the the notion, the concept of fame, is radically different than it was a few decades ago. Yeah, I would just watch the Chris Christopherson version because I'd like to see him in something not Blade or Payback related. Oh, uh, have you seen uh, Fire Down Below? Nope. Steven Seagal. Mm. Uh, Chris Christopherson is your villain. Ooh. <laughs> now you have my attention. You have my curiosity. <laughs> now you have my attention. Um, Overlord, is this that video game looking zombie-ish movie? Yeah, I wanted to see it in I the did theater. too, I did too, it looked bitchin'. Yeah, I wanted to see it in the theater, but my friend wouldn't go with me. Is, is, he, he and his wife aren't into the, well, mostly his wife, she's not into like the, the dark, scary, gory shit. Neither is my girlfriend. Uh, <laughs> have you heard anything about this movie? I forgot about it until just now. I heard it's a lot of fun. Oh, um, I'm putting yeah, it on the it, list. I heard it's a... Uh, its biggest strength is that they play it straight because in the trailers for it they like blast the acdc and like try to make it look like a a grindhousey kind of film yeah but aesthetically you can tell that like no we're we're shooting this in heavy shadows the gore looks like we're actually trying to make it kind of nasty and nice nice and i guess it plays out like just a standard world war ii movie just with some horror elements. Okay, which might works be, for me. I might I not like be. That. I might not be catching up on Blue or on, on Criterion. I might be watching Overlord tonight. Well, you got a couple. You got a couple weeks. But oh, that's right. It's not on streaming yet. <laughs> that's um, right. Yeah, February nineteenth. Uh, Overlord comes uh, comes home. Uh, what do we have here? Skinner from nineteen ninety three. I'm trying to remember what this cover reminds me of. I want to say it's like a. Janet Jackson album cover or something. <laughs> yep, it does look like a Janet Jackson album cover. Uh, we got two Criterion releases here. Death in Venice from 1971. That one's classic. La Verte from 1960. I wanted to ask you, I have a Guillermo movie on my uh, Criterion collection that I want to pick up. but um, It's one I'm probably going to buy before I even watch, which I do sometimes. Um, yep. The Devil's Backbone. Oh. Have you heard of that? I have not seen it, but I know it by reputation, and I know it to be very good. Okay, well, it's that, an early, it's an that early one. That probably that'll probably be my next uh, Criterion purchase. Cool. Um, um, Sheena looks uh, like porn. D- more porn <laughs> uh, from 1984. Uh, we're rocking the the retro VHS look, uh, mm-hmm. which, as we've seen in the past couple of months, is rapidly becoming a thing. 
Uh, You're the Dragon. That's Mickey Rourke. That is Mickey Rourke. And that is John Lone, who was having a moment in Hollywood in the 80s and 90s. Um, One of the few Chinese actors that can claim to have done that (laughs) in those decades. Uh, I didn't know this movie until about a week ago when a a website that I follow, uh, City on Fire, um, they... uh, posted an article about this and they had the trailer in there uh it looks like something i might enjoy hmm. uh, i'm not going to buy it i don't think <laughs> but uh when it becomes available uh, i might just I might just check it out okay uh what do we have here uh neighbors from 1981 starring john belushi and dan Aykroyd. i'm fine yeah uh, i'm not i'm not sure about that but uh this is a hideous cover, but the yeah. cast has my attention. Is it the Brad Pack? Blood, Rob Lowe and Patrick Swayze. Not quite. Uh, hideous cover. Awful. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. But, but, yeah, that cast works for me. Uh, Robin Hood. I, I have heard some shit about this movie. I, why would you watch it? Like, you can... This is... You can judge movies by the cover. Like, that's a beautiful thing. And I could tell you from the cover and any preview that that movie was going to... You can't have a cool new take on Robin Hood. Like, it has to stay in that time period. You can't make people jumping around like the fucking, uh, what do you, uh, the Jabberwockies and stuff. Like, you can't, you can't have, <laughs> Jabberwockies, they're, it's a, uh, I believe they're either Korean or Japanese, um, um, <laughs> dance, the dancers, like the five dancers, the, st- uh, stomp the yard kind of dudes. Okay. I just remember seeing the, like a preview for this and like, it, it felt like they were like, kicking it up like the musketeer uh don't you don't you know kyle the only way to truly fight the man is with parkour parkour that's how you fight the man it it you you spray paint things and you do parkour and you wear hoodies jamie Um, jamie fox is kind of on his decline as well it seems i I don't know what his deal is but um he his the projects that he picks it's like dude people like you (laughs) <laughs> like, like you can do better. <laughs> he crushed it with uh, any given Sunday and Ray, and then he did. He some was good f- in Ali, also. By the way, I didn't see Ali. Um, I probably Very should watch good. that because that seems like the like like Will Smith, like Will Smith's Pursuit of Happiness, and that movie were like good, and then everything aside from Men in Black Three after that sucked. Uh, I like yeah, iRobot, kind of- but that's just me. I, I liked iRobot at the time. iRobot was stupid fun. But Jamie Foxx was—he's hilarious in the horrible boss, uh, the horrible boss movies. Yeah, he, he was good. In those. He's really good in those. But yeah, he was—he was all right in Baby Driver. But what, I'm not—I'm not sure. I agree with all the choices he made with his character, but he—he mm. he brought something to it. He stood out. Mm. But yeah, this Robin Hood movie—I have heard some shit about it. It's—it's it's like laughable. It looks hard. It look—it'd be hard to watch. It looks like. And they—they, they like really tried to like modernize certain elements of it, and it nope. just falls flat on its face. Um, this Taron Egerton kid, though, he's—he's gonna—he's gonna survive it because he <laughs> has the Elton John movie coming out very soon. Ooh, um, speaking speaking of an Egerton, um, I watched with well, st- I caught like the. I missed the first quarter of the movie, but I watched the rest with Steph. Um, the Gift, d- written and directed by... Oh, yeah, yeah, Joel Edgerton. Yeah, pretty uh, good. Yeah. Jason yeah, Bateman's I, an I asshole. I rented that a long time ago, and it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I'd like to see more from him. Yeah. Because I've always liked him. Yeah. And I was 
it was the fact that he directed it that I wanted to watch it. You forget that he's in Smoke and Aces, too. Oh, shit, I did. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I, I know I brought it up before, but I I might have you watch Warrior. He's one yeah. of the, he's He and Tom Hardy are the... Like the he, well, actually, Joel Edgerton is the lead. Tom Hardy's just kind of there, mm. but they're 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 in it together, and I I like it. I think it's a good movie. Well, I've heard good things. I just it's one of those movies that has not. Uh, I've not been attracted to it at all. I just didn't. What you you don't want to see Brian Callen do a Joe Rogan impression? <laughs> no, I don't want to see <laughs> Brian Callen do anything. <laughs> I don't want to see Brian Callen at all. No Brian Callen. Um, Legend of Billie Jean? I've uh, seen like two or three scenes of this movie because it was just on like HBO or something. Uh, it looks stupid. Um, um, I could be wrong. I think Pat Benatar did some songs for it. That's mostly what I know it for. Okay. Um, I remember like that uh, VH1 series that I love the 80s. Mm. They had a segment devoted to this movie so apparently it resonated with people of like people who grew up watching it but i missed out on it um so i probably won't end up watching it i'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> uh, the real mccoy kim basinger and val kilmer uh you have my attention that is a shitty ass cover but yeah sure. <laughs> i like how it's right next to barbed wire barbed wire <laughs> uh the pamela anderson barbed wire from 1996 cannot um, be good I remember it got pretty regular screenings on the Sci-Fi Channel uh, mm-hmm. at some point. Um, not a good movie. I can believe it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, some Doctor Who shit. Uh, hey, is that Chris Christopherson? Yes, it yep, is. Yep, it is. Uh, songwriter. Yeah. Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson Ooh, in that's a, a film. That's a hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? We got? Oh, the Rundown is getting a re-release. I've um, seen that movie so many times for some reason. I don't know why. The Rundown? Yeah, I, I think it was just the maybe The Rock? I don't know. Uh, I've seen it a lot. It's not very good. It's funny because uh, I, I enjoy it. Um, maybe a little less so now that Peter Berg has, has more films under his belt and I'm starting to identify his style mm. and he's starting to develop a reputation for being kind of a prick. Um, th- some of the editing in this movie drives me nuts. He likes to do this thing in a lot of his movies where people go on these long rants, and then he keeps cross-cutting back and forth between some sort of action. And if you actually turn your brain on when when that stuff's happening, none of it makes any sense. It's like people just saying stuff, and then people just doing stuff. <laughs> and it's like, this is not how you edit a film. <laughs> I, think, I think the reason why I watched it was because... Um, Sean William Scott was still riding the Stifler wave, like he was still funny. He was funny in yeah. there, and I've I've uh, I have a thing for Rosario Dawson as well. Oh, everybody does. Mm. She's she's, she's the best. Go- yeah, she's gorgeous. And Christopher Walken was on point in that one too. His uh, Tooth Fairy story is worth your time. Uh, <laughs> moving on over, we got Donnie Money and uh, Iceman, the Time Traveler. Well, don't forget uh, about I the Flintstones. To watch those Iceman movies because they look like garbage. The Flintstones uh, Blu-ray release. You know, that movie wasn't half bad. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Like, the production design, um, 
I'm convinced that somebody saw the Adams family and was like, "Hey, like if we build really elaborate sets and like make lots of fancy props and stuff, people seem to like that. Let's well, do that, but they, let's put color in it." They did something really well uh, with both movies. Is they got good um, uh, leading and supporting actors. Uh, Absolutely for both of those movies because Ro- John I, I hate good- to say it, but Rosie O'Donnell in the Flintstones, like she, she, did she is Betty. Uh, John Goodman as you know Fred Flintstone, Rick Moranis, and then well, um, you have uh, Christopher Lloyd and uh, Raul Julia. Like you, they did a good job casting those movies. That's why they're both. I, I mean, yeah, I I'm not gonna rewatch the Flintstones. I've seen it enough. I don't need to watch it again. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I get no, it. I, it was it was fine. Yeah. It's not a bad adaptation. Uh, this movie backtrace. Matthew Modine with the saddest haircut I've ever seen. I thought it was <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, no, he, he it looks like like not Fat Val Kilmer. Like they, they <laughs> not they, like, Fat Val Kilmer. That's not, a name I not, haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> that is a time. name. <laughs> not Fat Val Kilmer, but with like the saddest haircut ever. He's not even skinny and bad, Lieutenant. Is that bef- that's after MacGruber? No, that's before MacGruber. That's I think before MacGruber and. He's he's borderline fat, Val Kilmer, but I'm still gonna call him fat. I don't think he's been skinny since the Island of Doctor Moreau, or yeah, Ghost. I, in the, I think you're right. Or no. Ghost in the Darkness. <laughs> uh, so moving on, we got Cry Baby here. Uh, I believe that's John, John Waters' film. I started to watch it, but I I can see watching it, but at the time I just was not in the mood for it. Uh, <laughs> I I haven't seen it. It's um, a it's a off the wall musical. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Yeah, um, I know Johnny Depp's look from this movie was very popular among uh, yes um, among my lady friends of a certain age range. They call it the Moist Maker. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that is quite accurate. <laughs> um, beside that, we've brought. I've actually told you about this before, but Frank Langella as Dracula. Oh yeah, and Lawrence Olivier. Which one's the Dracula? Is Dracula? Uh, Dracula 1979 is that the uh, Christopher Lee one no I'm sorry um, AD what's the one that says AD on it is that the Chris- oh yeah yeah that's a uh, that's Christopher Lee okay that's I, a hammer film that's been on Prime for a minute and I just never got around to wa- I haven't gotten around to watching it the only thing I remember is the opening because it takes place in the in the past and they mm. have like this uh, chariot type chase thing that's kind of cool but uh, other than that it's like just trashy hippie shit <laughs> uh, forgetting sarah marshall great movie that was, that was very good i like that um, hellboy 2 getting a re-release uh, probably just to keep keep hellboy yeah. on people's minds yeah. until the movie comes That's out exactly in theaters. what it's there for uh hard target uh solid jo- solid jean-claude van damme movie f- uh first hollywood film directed by john woo mm. um definitely shows <laughs> <laughs> how many doves uh, are in there <laughs> uh, cop car i heard this was very good oh okay i could watch that bake some bacon bits yeah bacon bits uh, um, black hat which is a michael mann film which means i'm interested but not yeah. interested enough to actually watch it i finally um, got around to watching um thor thor ragnarok oh really good i really really enjoyed it uh, oh yeah no I, it's a thoroughly enjoyable film fucking um jeff goldblum in there i couldn't i, oh, I yeah. could not get enough of him i was i was very very happy to see him in there oh he had so much fun he was so <laughs> good in there i i really enjoyed that one and uh taika watiti is a 
as Korg. He he stole the show a couple times. Like I just love his delivery. It's so it's mm. so just like matter of fact and chill. He, yeah. he he was the rock guy. That's what made it feel like New Zealand because oh yeah yeah um, man I, he didn't get what's his name um, oh what we do in the shadows the main guy the with the no the big nose uh, I know who you're talking I can't th- about I can Seder. never the think Seder. of his name. <laughs> yeah. the one from Men in um, Black three how yeah, was he I, I not don't in there? know his name off the top of my head but um, I as far as I know that he wasn't in it I know I wish he would have been. I'm Colg. This is Make. <laughs> it's just like super chill. Yeah, I like it. Like, We're gonna hop on that spaceship over there. You won't come. You won't come. Um, as come? above, so below. I think that has to do with the catacombs underneath uh, Paris. That could either be a documentary or it could be a horror movie. Oh, it's a horror movie. Is it okay? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I remember the promotions for it. It's. Like some American tourists get trapped in the catacombs underneath Paris. Hmm. Oh, I remember that now. Is, and they I start like start like running into apparitions and like hallucinations. And that stuff. could be fun. I uh, it looked good. Although I think it, I'm not sure if it was like a shot from perspective film, but it the promotion for it looked pretty good. Um, there's that chef movie that I know you hate. Yeah. No. Um, Mazinger Z Infinity. Uh, I almost bought the Japanese version of this. Uh, but I didn't because again, eighty dollars, <laughs> and it, apparently it's coming out in a few weeks anyway. Uh, End of Watch is very high on my list of things to like actually watch at some point. Yeah, it's high on mine too. Um, this director, what's his face? I actually need to check. Um, David Ayer. I, uh, I keep wanting to like him, but he keeps fucking up. <laughs> uh, he keeps making shit, and I. I think it's just because of Fury. Oh. Um, I like him because of Fury, but then I watch his other movies, and I'm like, you know, maybe he's just not that talented. Fury was fantastic. Fury was fantastic. He but made you watch me... his other stuff, and it's like, ah, oh, man, this isn't that good. He made a movie with Shia LaBeouf in his, like, prime everybody hating him. Like, that's not easy to do. Oh, yeah. And he turned out a great performance. Um, but yeah, his, his other movies like I've heard Bright is a disaster. Oh yeah, I've heard it's garbage. Su- oh, and, uh, he was a writer for Suicide Squad. Su- he writer and director. Dude. Oh, he did director. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, apparently, well, I've I've seen a couple of versions of it. A couple of versions of it. Mm. And uh, yeah, they're all terrible. And uh, uh, Sabotage is it's a bit of a mess. Um, I actually enjoy it on some levels, but I can accept that it's not a good film. Yeah. So I think he's just maybe not a good director. He just has that one that I will always give him because Fury really is kind of special. It it is good. Um, moving on, we have The Watcher, uh, Keanu Reeves in a very rare uh, evil role. This was the one villain. that was rumored to be uh, signed by a friend, not him. <laughs> <laughs> from what I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I've heard that rumor as well. Um, uh, Firestarter, Firestarter, I've never seen that. Uh, I did when I was a kid. It looks uh, stupid. I don't remember it, but it's it's a Stephen King movie. Um, Drew Barrymore is a girl with pyrokinesis, and uh, George C. Scott, I think, is the guy chasing her. Um, it's a very familiar story now, uh, but at the time I could see how it would be like a novel concept. <laughs> 
Um, five-year engagement. Uh, so in Moonlight, they play a song, and it's near the end of the film, and it's really, really pretty. Like it's it's a really good song, and Chris Pratt actually sings a rendition of it in Spanish for his wedding day, and it's so fucking funny. And in Moonlight, we were watching it, and I hear the song, and I I'm, I start giggling and stuff. I'm like, what's funny? I'm like, you'll see. But, uh, do you, have you seen Five Year Engagement? Uh, no. Okay, it's pretty funny. I, I really enjoy that movie. Um, that yeah, Jason Siegel had a he had a moment there. Oh, he was crushing it. He was doing really well. Um, um, I remember the the promotion for the Boy Next Door. Um, looks I was stupid. teasing my ex about that one big time because she, she was a big J Lo fan. And I was just like, really? Am I gonna have to go see this with you? <laughs> like, am I going to have to go see this with you about this? Cougar J Lo banging some evil young guy across the street. Oh, I'm I'm good. Thankfully I didn't have to go see it. But I almost had to. Um The Take? I think I Oh wow, that's another X movie. I, I think I had to rent this because she really adored Idris Elba. Yep. Um, they all do. They all do. They all do. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth um, and Idris Elba. They all do. They all do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot of girls' girlfriends are in there, dude. <laughs> uh, the take was—it's interesting because it's like a, a very small, like U- UK action movie, but starring him. So it feels like a, a bigger movie than it is, but it's actually like really low budget and really small. And I don't know. Like, sometimes I like that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I started getting into those like Liam Neeson action movies that started to come out after Taken. Because sometimes that's what you want. You don't want a big, loud action movie. You want one that's just, like, a dude chasing, like, five dudes. Nah, see, I'm at the point... Because I'm not a big action movie guy. That's why Mission Impossible was so awesome. It was because it was big. Like, it was all... Oh, see, now we're starting to get some fun stuff here. Um, You got re-releases of Identity Thief and Trainwreck and The Man with Iron Fist. You haven't seen that? I haven't seen that one. I've seen Trainwreck... It's okay. John Cena is the best part. Um, beta carotene. Uh, <laughs> Identity Thief, I've seen a little bit of. Um, I had some chuckles. It was kind of one of those movies that was just on. I wasn't really paying attention. I had a few chuckles. Uh-huh. Uh, the Man with Iron Fists, you might you might end up liking better than I did. Really? Because it got RZA? Yeah. And uh, who directed he, he it? He isn't in it much. Um, thankfully, they keep him to a minimum. No, from I, know, Japan. I know he's passionate about his acting, but he's, he's not passionate. that great at it. He's very passionate. He's like the Tommy Wiseau of uh, of acting. <laughs> I mean, you can tell that he's really into it, and he he loves doing this stuff. But it's like you know, maybe yeah. you should just be like a producer. Or just something. produce. You can produce. Because yeah. like when he popped up in one of the GI Joe movies, I was like, uh, this movie's already not that good. Um, you're not helping, bud. Mm. <laughs> and then, like, same with Californication, where it's like he showed up for like a couple seasons of that, and I was like, uh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Although they they played it up in that, where it's like he he didn't need to be a good actor for that role, but the production design of this movie was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and Batista, uh, before he was, you know, on top of the world. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh shit! Randy Couture still making movies. What the fuck? Glass Jock Tour. 
Ouch. Right? <laughs> I say Ouch. that, but he would he would break my neck without um, even like breaking a sweat. Like just crack. No, he'd, he'd tear your arms and legs off and beat you to death with them. Yeah. But, yeah, he's a uh, he he makes a lot of crap. Like he's he makes movies pretty consistently and it's always like what? Why are you doing this? Like when when the first Expendables movie came out, I remember thinking that if like if if you look if you look at the cast, mm-hmm. it's like one of these things is not like, like the others. others. <laughs> like, uh, so I actually I don't know if you've seen any of the movies uh, on this next uh, next row. Wonderlust, really good movie. I really enjoyed that. Um, okay. uh, Paul Rudd and Jennifer Aniston go to a. They end up car, like uh, their car breaks down by a hippie commune, and they end up staying there for a while. Good stuff. Um, seeking a friend for the end of the world. I really enjoyed this movie. It's kind of more drama than comedy, but I, I thought it was an interesting idea. Um, yeah, I remember seeing the trailers for it and thinking, huh, that might be good. It was kind of like <laughs> The Invention of Lying. It had like the same appeal. It was just like, oh, that's an interesting idea. The Invention of Lying is awful. Um, but this was pretty good. And then I got, I got a really strong... Um, Bruce Almighty vibe from the invention of lying. It, was, it felt like a it felt like a secret Christian movie or something. It was it, no, it was Ricky Gervais, so it absolutely was not a secret okay. Christian. Movie. <laughs> okay. Um, and the change up has maybe like one of the funniest lines I've ever heard in a movie. It's pretty funny. It doesn't make any sense uh, at one point because they end up switching lives and jason bateman is like a lawyer or something he works for a big company and then um what's his face uh deadpool uh he's just a slacker they switch bodies and then uh ryan reynolds ends up being like really good at this dude's job i'm like absolutely not that makes no fucking sense Mm. um it kind of dumb but i mean it's funny there's there's some it's jason bateman being not pg-13 so that's always good that's what you want, because yeah. like, the vibe I get from him is that he's kind of a gigantic asshole, but if you can point him in the right direction, yes. if, you, if you can channel that, if you can take advantage of that, you can get some great performances out of him. Seriously, that's why The Room was really good. <laughs> Not The Room, The Gift. Sorry, The Gift. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a fantastic asshole, but just try it. You're doing it wrong if you're trying to cast him as a likable person. No. <laughs> 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 Uh, so moving on down. Whole bunch uh, of nothing. Uh, looks like this is the last day of releases here. February 26th. Uh, we have Ralph Breaks the Internet. Who gives a fuck? The Little Mermaid coming out on the same day. Couldn't so care less. Disney's trying to get all your money on February yeah. 26th. Uh, used Cars. My dad wa- had me watch this when I was far too young. Oh, okay. Uh, I believe it's uh, Kurt Russell as a used car salesman. Ooh, that sounds like fun. It's a fun movie. Uh, I didn't really get it, but I, you know, his swagger, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he, the way he is, like as a child, I was just like, he's cool. I like <laughs> Willard. I've always been curious about. Um, it looked like a creepy movie. Uh, it's all right. Um, I believe it's a remake because there were actually two movies. Um, there was, I think, Willard and then Ben. Um, ben is this a uh, this very big rat that the the central character Willard has a uh, antagonistic relationship with. Mm. It's like the one rat that doesn't listen to him. Oh, okay. It's kind of it's like a prick rat. <laughs> um, prick rat. But if I if I remember right, like the big trivia point about the the old Ben movie was uh, that Michael Jackson did the title song. And I think oh. it's actually just called like Ben or something. That's stupid. 
But yeah, Willard is. I mean, Chris, Crispin Glover is always going to be interesting at the very least. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do bad performances. At the very least, you'll be intrigued and want to see what he does next. Uh, Arlie Aramie plays, like, the antagonist of the film. Mm. Um, I, oh. I saw this when it came out. I don't really know why. <laughs> but, but just the novelty of a, a mainstream release from 2003 starring Crispin Glover. That's, there weren't a that's lot not of... something... <laughs> There weren't it's a lot not of, something you see. There weren't a lot of good choices made in the early 2000s as far as movies go, so it makes sense that you're like, well, I'm going to watch this, because, I mean, Butterfly Effect came out at that time, and I've seen that movie uh, I, at least uh, six times. <laughs> what we got here? Uh, to Sleep With Anger has me looks, curious. Uh, me too. Interesting cover. Very interesting cover. I'm not going to lie, I thought that was OJ for a second. I thought it was, it kind of looked like the Candyman a little bit. <laughs> Uh, to Sleep With Anger from, wow, 1990. I would have thought older. Yeah, but much older. Criterion release, uh, Harry Mention, an enigmatic drifter from the South, comes to visit an old acquaintance named Gideon who now lives in south-central Los Angeles. Harry's charming, down-home manner hides a malicious penchant for stirring up trouble, and he exerts a strange and powerful effect on Gideon and his thoroughly assimilated black, middle-class family. That's Danny Glover. Well, that is Danny Glover. It's not the juice. <laughs> no, it's not the juice. <laughs> um, uh, moving on down, uh, Mary Queen of Scots got some hype when that it came out. Saoirse Ronan? Yeah, yeah uh, I've, I've, and uh, Margot Robbie. I have a real big crush on Saoirse. Uh, she's quite Irish, I believe. Very Irish. <laughs> Fairly she's Irish. Very Irish. And uh, Margot Robbie doing that thing that actresses and actors love to do where they take a gorgeous human being and uglify themselves <laughs> she's still a bombshell when she looks like yeah Are you kidding me <laughs> um yeah the the promotions for this actually looked very intriguing uh, i might watch that or something at some point the rest uh, of this looks like it sucks um the battle for the lost planet 1986 i love that cover yeah yeah I, yes i really <laughs> like that cover art um 1986, after hijacking a space shuttle, a spy finds that the controls are malfunctioning and sees alien battleships approaching oh. Earth. Many years later, when the arc of his flight path returns to Earth, he finds the planet under alien domination. This looks bitchin'. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of curious. Yeah. Because that, that cover art, it looks like a, a cheap sci-fi novel or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it has the right balance. Uh, mm. what we got down here? Um, Invasion of the Blood Farmers from 1972, a showdown. Uh, looks Bill- like oh, shit, would... Billy Blanks? Are you fucking kidding me? I'd say it looks Tybo like something Master. you would watch. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to bother with it. I've noticed that this uh, MVD uh, label, um, they're, a, they're like a publisher of Blu-rays. They gobble up garbage. Mm. Um, they're the ones putting out the Double Dragon Blu-ray later <laughs> this month. Um but yeah, just the novelty of seeing uh, Billy Blanks in a movie. He's only done he he did movies in the '90s, and he was a talented martial artist. But most of us know him as the Taibo guy. Mm. The rest uh, of this looks like shit. Um, uh, this one's but this one's certified fresh, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, uh, Border from 2018. Um, Drama, foreign, romance, fantasy. Uh, 
Somebody is known for their extraordinary sense of smell. Yeah, that's a hard it. pass for me. Uh, uh, Galaxy Express 1999. Uh, um, that's a classic anime. Uh, Rampant, I believe, is on Netflix exclusively right now. So damn, they're like rushing to put this out on something. Mm. Um, maybe it's underperforming on Netflix or something. Uh, Possession of Hannah Grace. Uh, the trailers for this looked god awful. Um, that came out 2018. Nick Cage, Between Worlds, 2017. How how am I not aware of this? Have you heard of this one? <laughs> no, I heard of his good one, Mandy. Um, and a couple <laughs> of other ones that are coming out, apparently. Yeah, no, he's he's a busy guy. But uh, this one flew under my radar. Was Between um, Worlds a video game or something? I don't think so. Okay. Uh, story follows Joe. Down on his luck, truck driver, haunted by the memory of his deceased wife and child. He meets Julie, a spiritually gifted woman who enlists Joe in a desperate effort to find the lost soul of her comatose daughter, Billy. But the spirit of Joe's dead wife, Mary, proves stronger, possessing the young woman's body and determined to settle her unfinished business with the living. Who has more dead wives in movies, Nicolas Cage or Mel Gibson? <sighs> Probably Nick Cage. Okay. Because Mel Gibson's got a lot of dead wives. That might movie. be unfair, though, because I think Nick Cage has made quite a few more movies. That's true. That's true. Um, but, like, Mel Gibson's iconic roles have been dead wife. Riggs. <laughs> Riggs. Um, let's see here. We've got Riggs, Braveheart. Um, signs. Signs. Oh, I'm, I didn't even think. Okay. Give me a sec here. Riggs, Signs, um, Payback. I don't uh, know if she's dead. but She dies. Uh, Pay, what pay. women want, he has a daughter, and I don't think he has a wife. Oh, it's um, Duffy um, from Dumb and Dumber, the <laughs> the lady from Dumb and Dumber, Mary oh, Swanson. Okay. Um, oh man, what else was there? Um, he has at least five movies. He, uh, iconic. <laughs> he got a lot of dead wives. <laughs> uh, Mad Max. Uh, he has at least five iconic roles where his wife is out of the picture. <laughs> you should just make a movie called "My Wife Is Dead." Seriously. <laughs> His wife dies, and then his girlfriend dies in the second lethal weapon. Yeah. He's got a, he, he can't protect his women. <laughs> no, I'm better out of the lab. <laughs> Riggs? I go to Martin, Martin Riggs? Martin Riggs? <laughs> uh, important one for me, Garo, uh, vanishing line. Um, I mentioned it before. Garo is a Japanese... Uh, the genre is called tokusatsu, where it's like like superhero shit uh japanese style um garo was a series i got really into in college i kind of let go of it but uh, it started out as this like quaint show that was just one season and then another season and another season and since like 2007 it just won't fucking stop Mm. And, and now it's grown so big to the point that i'm I kind of despise it, even though I haven't paid attention to it in like five years. But for that couple of years that I was into it, it was good times, man. It's not in mal- fact, I might ha- I might have you uh, watch the director's uh, like one of his earliest movies because I really like the director. He's a fantastic artist. As a painter and an artist, he's amazing. What's the uh, mausoleum down there? I kind of like that cover. It's very metal. Yeah, uh, it reminds me of those. Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark or whatever yeah uh mausoleum from 1983 oh they have screenshots for once um 
traumatized by her mother's death, young Susan is becoming possessed by the same mm. demon that possessed her mother before she died. More and more, her husband and psychiatrist are noticing the strange changes. Um, uh. if, if the lighting is this consistent, no. Nah, no. I'm going to say um, no. If, if, the, if the creepy parts are, are like this, like the cover, yes. But if the whole movie is lit like this, fuck that. That I, I'm telling you right now, it's going to have the pacing of a slasher movie, so it's going to have lots of boobs and possession and boobs don't ma- don't mix <laughs> possessed boobs possessed boobs <laughs> I, did you see 13 ghosts uh i mean a long time ago but yeah yeah possessed boobs possessed boobs <laughs> gotta be gotta be careful about those possessed boobs yeah is that uh does that pretty much wrap up february uh i believe that is that is yeah. the end of february yeah um not a great month for it uh, not a great month but like in review i think there's maybe one Oh man, that's a shit month. If there's only like one or two that I might, I yeah. might pick up. Um, I didn't have any I th- that I needed to get. Yeah, I think for me, maybe Mazinger Z. Um, maybe Overlord. If it's, I, I think I'm gonna test that one before I just mm. blind buy it. But I do want to see it, so I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, what else? There may be like one other. <laughs> yeah, no. Wow, what a shit month! <laughs> yeah, not a good month for the Blu-ray. Uh, wow, I don't think I'm gonna be buying. Oh, uh, Gundam. That's right. Okay, Gundam Thunderbolt, Bandit Flower. I'm getting that. I'm getting that day one. Other than that, that's about it. Yep. Um. So on that note, uh, thank you for joining us as we caught up on Blu-ray for the month of February 2019. I should um, call it Suckuary. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.